welcome to Network Capital TV Anal. Um, we're a subscription-based career intelligence company uh, with 100,000 plus uh, members around the world. We're very excited to have a conversation with you about, you know, your, your career and some of your uh, uh, mental models that have helped pave way for early success. So could you get us started by telling us who you are and what do you do today? Sure. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Utkarsh. Uh, uh, really a privilege to be on Network Capital. Great to see that uh, it's a platform exclusively for millennials and it's doing so well, almost the first of its kind. So congratulations for that, for building it almost from ground up. Uh, and uh, as I said, happy to be here. Uh, uh, it's a hard, hard question, uh, who I am. <laughs> Typically, probably the toughest in any interview. <laughs> but I would like to say... Uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm an ambitious young Indian coming from an aspirational town uh, called Ranchi in Jharkhand. Uh, MS Dhoni happens to be from the same town. So, yep, uh, pretty much uh, that sums it up. Uh, Education-wise, uh, fortunate enough to have gone to IIT Delhi, uh, which, was, which was always my target college and no, no regrets at all about going there. So did computer science in IIT Delhi, did a B.Tech plus M.Tech five-year course, uh, graduated just a couple of years back, worked at Goldman Sachs for around a year and a half and currently working in early stage VC. It's, it's a fund called Stellaris Venture Partners in Bangalore. Got it. Um, how did you get interested in engineering and uh, what prompted you to carve out a career? And what was your rank in JE? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I'll take them one by one. Uh, so engineering uh, was uh, not a well thought out decision, I guess. Always, almost always felt obvious in the kind of environment I was growing up because uh, always had an, an inclination for math. So at some point in time, I had a question of science versus engineering. But then I figured I like building things more than research. So that was the choice. But beyond science and engineering, I don't think I ever got a, gave a fair shot to it. So just been doing math for a long time. Loved doing everything, like loved everything math. And then of course, physics and chemistry also started coming in around standard ninth or 10th. So that was interesting as well. But yeah, that's how I landed up in engineering and computer science in particular. Uh, again, uh, because math has always been the favorite subject. I remember I had devised my own number line when I was seven and I used to discuss those things uh, with my granddad. So he happens to be a math professor. And uh, so then itself, he had told me that Anag, uh, you should be doing something with computers because uh, doing math on paper is fun. You are able to prove things, but then uh, to actually implement it, you need to like apply to computer, like apply computing power to it and create something of value. So computer science was on my mind since eight, seven, I would say. Uh, didn't have a lot of opportunities to code things when I was in Ranchi, uh, but uh, still uh, kept doing math. Uh, ended up taking CS. Uh, fortunately, had a couple of great professors at IIT. Uh, helped me hone my interest. So that was the story about engineering. Uh, it was going well. And I still think I, I am an engineer at heart. And uh, at some point, I will be creating something, hopefully. But uh, the whole VC picture that came into uh, being because uh, I thought that if you're only developing things uh, or uh, making algorithms on paper, then you're doing it in silos. And that is, that is why you still see so much gap between academia and uh, what's happening in industry. Because a lot of work that happens in research that stays in silos and that stays in that esoteric uh, research conferences, uh, which happen every year. And they make their way to the actual commercial application only years later, sometimes even decades later. So I didn't want to fall into that. Uh, I figured that life will be short. You have to get going. And uh, uh, at least if you want to build something up, you need uh, like a, an array of skill sets and you need exposure early on. So I began searching while I was at GS. I was a quant there. I was doing a fair bit of uh, risk analysis, machine learning, fairly deep math, uh, mathematical applications there. But uh, again, it was not adding up to the other kind of exposure, the business side exposure that I was looking for. So ended up thinking where I could go at this stage in my career, where I would be able to make the most of the time that I'm getting from a breadth first point of view. 
because uh, if you have to build something you need, do need to go quite deep into it but if you want an overall idea and if you want to cut short a lot of learning cycles that typically people have while starting up you need to have a wider exposure that that was the belief that i had and therefore i started looking for uh, or thinking about jobs rather where i could get a very wide uh, network wise as well as uh, functionality wise exposure and i figured that vc could be the uh, could be a good job for that and in within vc typically early stage venture capital because uh, you get to meet a lot of entrepreneurs i would say on a daily basis that's your bread and butter uh, to meet founders evaluate their ideas and uh, hopefully add value at some point in time so that was a well thought out decision i would say it took me around 6 to 9 months just thinking about where i should move next and then i zeroed it on uh, early stage vc It's fortunate to land with a great team at stellaris so yeah long story yeah. short uh, still an engineer uh, at heart i would say will again be an engineer uh, but uh, hopefully with better exposure and better business skills j rank wise which was your last question fortunately uh, i got rank 1 uh, in j mail uh this was the first year of uh, uh, th- this whole exam because till 2012 uh, j uh, was actually called ai triple e for nits and other government colleges and iit j for iits but from 2013 uh, they introduced two step process first j main and then j advanced uh j main fortunately got rank 1 very happy about that till date how did you discover uh, that j advanced got rank 66 <laughs> which again yeah, yeah what helped me no. get uh, the target course in my target that's college. still a day so i can't forget uh, it's uh, 7th april uh, 2013 so you always uh, wanted to be there over seven years zone. since that and uh, to be honest when i had entered class 11th so you go to these coaching institutes they give you in, in india uh, rank predictions so yeah. you take some tests some psycho- psychographic analysis some like math tests and so on and they give you an all india rank prediction report they gave me something around 5000 when i first went to them when I you was were still quite happy with that when you were yes, when i had entered class 11 okay. yeah so in 11th only they predict your still- rank uh, for for future yes ha huh, so that's that's typically uh, like uh, i think it's standard right now with coaching institutes that they take these all india level tests and they based on some statistical measures of your performance they are able to come up with this and you know actually i remember being content with it because i thought ki 5000 rank is not bad or like if, like they they said something like 3000 to 5000 i said uh, yeah it's pretty decent it will get it will actually get me into an iit and uh, i've been hearing good things about this particular college uh, so yeah that should be good but then i all i did want to do computer science i did want to go to iit delhi in particular and i saw that you need a higher rank for that started making a plan okay how do i actually get there and uh, eventually uh, started working quite religiously i would say at that age towards that plan and this is also something utkarsh uh, which i've uh, already written in a book uh, just released uh, like very recently in fact not even 10 days yeah uh, so the book a plan that actually works which actually walks through the entire plan which i made and i still like uh, whoever asks me about je i still recommend the same plan to them or the same so it's not really a concrete a to b to c kind of uh, path that i have written out it's more about the mindset you need which is something which i followed uh, back then and this was again not invented by me or anything but more from talking to people and uh, uh, figuring out what what things work what don't but fortunately that uh, that kind of planning that kind of mindset started paying off well for me right uh, from 5000 i started moving to 3000 2000 1000 very soon uh, i was hitting that top 100 in india kind of uh, zone based on the, and by the time ranking. got it yes yeah. yes yes and by the time actually j came uh, so i had never stood first in any of those tests uh, the, the, there are some pre j national level tests that these coaching coaching institutes have i used to come top 10 top 5 sometimes but never first but the j main day in particular i don't know what what happened that day I just went to the exam so it's a 3 hour exam in, in general most people myself included are not even able to complete the exam but that day i was able to finish the whole paper in like 1 hour 30 minutes so like in less than half the time 
this like, somehow it it, uh, it felt that everything is going into a flow it's probably the two years of preparation everything coming together and the moment i uh, put out uh, put down that pen utkarsh uh, i was all, almost certain that i'm going to like get rank one in this in fact i was hoping that i'll get 100% so i get 100 i got 100% in math but did a couple of mistakes in chemistry so still fortunately uh, got the rank one but not 100% but it just felt like this is the best exam i've ever written and this is just one of those days when you are on fire yeah so where were you when you saw that you've actually secured rank one were you with your family uh yeah. doing something else what we described the moment and then walk us through this incredible journey uh, i obviously don't want you to reveal all the secrets of the book but we can <laughs> discuss the habits yeah. and mental models yes sure 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 no uh, so uh, so that day was 7th may 2013 exactly a month after the exam so i was uh, as i said uh, i was already pretty certain that i am going to get rank 1 unless something miraculous happens uh, i'll probably get rank 2 or 3 but i was pretty certain but of course uh, that was all in my head my parents didn't know or uh, my teachers didn't know so as soon as the results uh, came uh, i we started getting rings from all over the country the major media houses in delhi are calling our home there are like 10 20 reporters outside our home and uh, it's it's a fairly small town 7 years back it was smaller rachi so everyone knows everyone so uh, my dad is a doctor here my mom is a bureaucrat so kind people kind of knew them uh, everyone is pouring in with the wishes <laughs> and uh, so my dad carries three phones because he is a doctor <laughs> so all his three phones were buzzing my mom has two phones all her two phones were buzzing uh, uh, and um, incredible right uh, the whole day it just uh, like reciprocating the best wishes and i could see my parents smile because uh, we come from a highly i would say uh, like academically oriented families our grandparents were all professors so uh, it's always been uh, like academics has been a top priority and nothing makes my parents even today like happier than like some like the child doing well at academics so uh, they were smiling constantly i i remember like they smiled <laughs> till going to sleep that day i have never seen a happier kind of a situation at home so uh, yeah incredible and as i said hard to forget moment uh, is something which acts as an inspiration uh, even today and how were you feeling that day so i was uh, like uh, i was feeling very special on 7th april that is the day of the exam because uh, it almost felt like these two years of intense preparation and all that planning and this is uh, something which is which has been an unprecedented journey for me as well all of that is coming together and i am actually very very close like uh, to have solved the entire paper so i did not feel anything extra on 7th may to be honest everything all the all those goosebumps that happened on 7th april itself on the day of the exam okay excellent now let's trace your steps back to um, you know since you were with your grandfather discussing the number line and what have you what kind of a student were you what would an average day in your life look like before 10th 11th and all before when you were young and <laughs> curious and i don't know since when you were thinking about j but uh, yeah we want to get a flavor of who you were who you grew up around what were some of the questions sure. that struck you when you were really young no thanks thanks uh, it's turning out to be a great uh, sunday afternoon because i love talking about it I have really happy memories uh, from my childhood so like even going uh, a bit back uh, utkarsh uh, when i was i would say around 4 5 years old i used to live with my uh, grandmom and granddad uh, like my maternal grandparents because my mom was a bureaucrat and she had like uh, different postings and transfers very often so i used to live with them and my grandmom uh, in particular she was uh, an academic uh, she used to run her own uh, montessori school uh, when she was young and she got herself trained from london which again i think was a big deal for her because she comes from the pre independence indian era and it was like uncommon for women to even complete class 10 forget going uh, going abroad and completing full uh, uh, professional course right but she did it all on all on her own like she self funded her entire journey from india to london to learn child psychology to 
like do whatever it takes to set up a world class school in india uh, and when she came back uh, she did ended up creating a high quality montessori school it was not very big i think around 20 30 students only but yeah this was something which was very close to her and uh, she did it uh, uh, for i think a few years and it it had been already 20 30 years i guess when i was born that she had shut the school down but um, because i was spending a lot of time with her she could actually like reimagine whatever she had learned back then and she used to train me in everything from maths to like uh, indian history indian geography uh, even a bit of political science uh, or a bit of science as well and that was all very young right i was still 5 or 6 and i remember i was doing prime numbers <laughs> or things which you typically do in class 5th or 6th when i was like younger than class 1 and that's all i think credit to her never felt bored or anything with academics because of the base i got with her spending like almost full time so that was the base uh, of course uh, unfortunately i think it got a bit diluted when i actually shifted to formal schooling uh because the charm of learning kind of went away so uh, i i was i would say i was a pretty average student uh at school for a long time uh somehow i sometimes used to get good ranks but it was never that like i'm coming first all the time or it's 100 on 100 a mathematically used to get good numbers uh, good scores but uh, it was not even my top priority like was more interested in cricket and other stuff hmm. but kept kept watching uh, discovery channel almost daily kept reading books uh and yeah when actual science started right in class 9th when physics chemistry uh, that was that was something which my nani had not taught so till class 8 like nothing special or nothing very interesting from class 9 i figured okay now new stuff is going on so started getting very interested there is this exam called ntsc which used to happen in class 8 back then okay yeah so yeah ntsc i gave uh, like almost from a blank uh, state uh, where uh, i got to learn a lot about physics chemistry math geography history so everything is covered there so that is when i think was the turning point when i started focusing more on studies because i realized there is just so much to learn you started to test something at never like exam before uh, standard 10 so ntsc at my time used to happen in class 8 itself so i gave it in class 8 yeah. got it and you got into ntsc and that gave you confidence yes. that you you yeah. you want to build out a career in science and when did the thought of uh, iit first occur because sometimes uh, parents are pretty anxious we are told that uh, mm-hmm. sometimes people start coaching in standard 5th or 6th Are we yeah, yeah. that's the case with you yeah no no that was not the case in fact i did not know what an iit is till i would say like i knew what an iit is of course like in terms of the full form <laughs> but i didn't know that uh, it's a, it's a great institute it's that great an institute or like what are the disciplines that are taught there what is the quality of teachers had like pretty much no idea neither did i have an idea about jee so no one in my family had given jee like before me so i didn't know much about it uh, in class 10th towards the later half when there was a time to decide uh, what stream you are going to choose in 11th and what to do after that as well that is when i figured yeah it is probably the best college in india when it comes to engineering and since engineering was a natural choice iit became the de facto choice that you have to prepare for so walk us through the grand plan of conquering iit jee <laughs> yep uh, so uh, as you can already make out i love that part of my life i love thinking about it talking about it and that's why the whole book uh, so the entire book is focused on smart planning hmm. and i've like taken this as a theme because uh, basis uh, like based on my experience which i had at iit delhi so fortunately if you go to colleges like iit bombay iit delhi uh you meet some of the brightest people at your age in the country so that is i think a big plus of going to these institutes and then uh, since you are having chai and maggi with them every day you kind of start uh, getting a first hand idea of how they think so it's not just a one person think anymore so uh, but the whole thought process you are able to f- form a framework of how these people are thinking like how your seniors are thinking how are your friends thinking and so on and they re- realize that there are certain patterns of thinking which are very common 
like unusually common i would say almost eerily common when you meet let's say top 50 or top 100 rankers of iits it's unusually common among these people so these patterns of thinking is what i cross validated with my experience and i realized that this is probably what is creating the actual difference so most iitians in particular i realized they are not born geniuses uh, so something which i've written uh, about the book when i was uh, like introducing it so most iitians are not born geniuses i figured in fact i disagree that there there are like enough number of people who are born geniuses as such Mm-hmm. uh it's all about developing things slowly and like forming that kind of a mental framework in my opinion and secondly they are not unusually hard workers as well so yeah like of course they work hard they are sincere and honest but that doesn't mean that uh, iitians are working or like not just iitians so nothing of that is specific even people going to any good college right or people doing well generally speaking at that oh. age so they are not very different hard workers as well from their peers what sets them apart i think is the way they think right and the way they are able to plan maturely uh, at that age which is not very common as as common as we'd like them to be so a lot of people get pushed into preparing for an exam or the other just because of parents expectations as you pointed out or societal expectations but if it if it's coming from within and you like make goal orientation a habit that is the moment i get Uh, an aspiration i convert it into a goal and i then figure out a plan to achieve that goal so this is not something which can be taught to anyone or something that you can learn from any textbook it has to come from within and if it's coming from within at the age of 15 or 16 then i think this particular change becomes permanent and this then becomes a habit rather than a temporary blip in behavior the habit of having goal orientation constantly of always seeing whether i'm doing better than the yesterday today i think that is the exact habit which is needed to excel at exams or anything else at a young age what did yeah. your routine look like for those two years and uh, what are some things that you thought you did uh, better than your peers since you've already established that uh, genius yeah. is perhaps not the reason why excellence happens in j yeah yeah oh, thanks thanks uh so routine wise uh, again i would say not very different from what, other, what others were doing but something which i i think did quite well at and i still try to keep up is uh, something which i call cognitive continuity so that means uh, that you are almost always forcing your brain to think about deep topics so when you uh, let's say when you go to class uh, let's just taking a very simple layman example of say relative velocity you go for the first time you learn relative velocity you see that uh, example could be that i'm going on a bike someone is coming on a car towards me i'm going at 25 km per hour the other is driving at 50 then the relative velocity or the relative speed of that guy's uh, car is like 75 25 plus 50 very basic concept on paper but most people will stop thinking about it the moment they get out of the class some people who are sincere what they'll do is they'll go back solve uh, like 10 more numer- numericals which are doing v1 minus v2 or v2 plus v3 pretty much the same thing but very few people will actually reflect more so for example in this case you can actually maintain cognitive continuity that is you keep thinking about it and going go like into the layers of depth and start correlating with your experiences then you start internalizing the concept and i think science is a lot about that uh uh for example in this case you could like correlate this thing. this is an example i remember because the moment i heard about relative velocity it reminded me of some of my childhood journeys i used to take on trains right so train me what happens is when you're sitting in a train at some platform and there is another train uh, like right next to on the plat- uh, parallel platform and let's say you are waving at a cute kid or like just looking at someone some eye contact is happening and suddenly you see the other train is moving in one direction but then uh, it's very hard i don't know if you have noticed it i have traveled a lot on indian trains so i have felt it quite a few times but it's really hard to figure out whether you are moving like this or they are moving uh, like this yeah no i i have as well can, can i totally relate to what you're saying yep 
nice nice so yep so that is the simple concept of relative velocity very simple concept but if you don't go into the uh, this depth right now then it's almost impossible to imagine let's say you're standing on a spherical object which has an elliptical uh, kind of or parabolic uh, trajectory in the solar system and then figuring out how an asteroid will look from your frame of reference it will be impossibly hard to visualize if you if right. you're not able to visualize such a simple concept so that is what i mean by cognitive continuity that is you keep thinking about it whenever you get a chance it's not that just only when you are in class or when only you are like practicing your, yeah. your problems but even before going to sleep after waking up even in your dreams uh, probably sometimes you yeah. keep thinking about those concepts yeah and what about uh, uh, taking a break or what how do you deal with stuff when you're not able to figure out let's say you know some concept of differential equations is not you know coming naturally to you do you keep yeah thinking about it till you figure it out or do you take breaks because there are different theories on it some people say that taking a break and then coming back to it uh, adds a lot of fresh perspective and energy some people say i just keep at it till i figure it out what's your experience mm-hmm. well, there are obviously no right or wrong answers but yeah. uh, what's your experience and another related question uh, which will perhaps uh, add on to what you said is uh, do you think cognitive continuity is a function of being naturally very interested or curious about that subject because you can have con- cognitive continuity say about uh, cricket or you know shakespeare it doesn't necessarily need to be about relative velocity because you know many times in india and many other emerging countries you're forced to study something which quote unquote has a market in india it happens to be yeah. engineering so i would love your thoughts on both Sure, sure, sure. So I'll take them in that order. So, uh, for firstly about uh, how to uh, overcome some situations in which you're just not able to get something, or you think you're like stuck there. So I think two things need to be fought off quite strongly at this stage. First is ego, and I think ego is a major deterrent in learning anything new. because ego comes in the way often saying ki this should be a simple concept why am i not getting it or like there is something which is obviously wrong with this or something which is just not going right because otherwise i should have gotten it the first time because you know like i have this 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 much marks or whatever like my parents say i'm like gifted but the fact of the matter is that most things in this world like at least in real life if not in academics uh, school academics are unkind to you they they are typically hard like if there's anything worth doing or worth knowing it's typically not that straightforward so you have to first of all let go of that ego that is actually holding you back and like almost uh, obfuscating the whole route to thinking about thinking about it from first principles so you have to go back to your first principles assume that you know nothing and you are starting from a blank slate and then build things one by one so if like if i'm let's say you you said you get stuck at differential equations but if i am getting stuck there i won't think that i get uh, let's say quadratic equations very well and uh, but this is something which is new i'm not getting it but just question everything maybe there's something wrong with your like quadratic or polynomial equations or even linear equations as well which have not got that that, uh, that perfectly right so why not start from scratch why not building it up again in fact i have an example one of those areas for me was organic chemistry uh like organic turned out to be exceptionally tough for me uh, it was just too super tough to realize how those reactions are happening or what are the mechanisms there are so many exceptions like one of the famous sayings is there is an exception to every exception in chemistry <laughs> so turned out to be tough at first and i was scoring very poorly to be honest but then uh, forgot everything that i had learned started from scratch went to my teacher a uh, very kind patient teacher manish sir uh i would just tell him that sir uh, these are 10 questions uh, just solve the, these in front of me and think aloud as you are solving them so i just want to see how you are approaching the problem this is just your teacher from. or your coaching teacher or somebody this was my coaching teacher this was okay. my coaching teacher Got it. Yeah. so he would uh, like uh, like three times a week i would go to him organic chemistry he would solve 10 questions every time in front of me and he'll speak while he is solving them and slowly like picked it up from him and that was because i last but i had no ego at all like no inhibition at all to sit with five other people and go through problems which are you know considered to be easy 
but I was just going through the easiest problems all over again. Got it. Anand, when you, and this is true for any competitive exam, uh, there are obviously going to be concepts that you st- get stuck on. There's always this temptation of uh, um, going to an extra book or a new resource or uh, something of that sort. So could you explain what you did efficiently in order to cover all the concepts, but still avoid being overwhelmed by content? So you don't, you don't, there is, might have been a tendency to, you know, solve every book under the sun or every question under the yeah. sun, which is obviously not feasible. So what's your thesis on that? And what's your advice on revising for any competitive exam? Uh, yep, I think that's uh, that's also some somewhere where uh, smart planning starts kicking in, right? So I don't think uh, competitive exams, especially the way they are designed in India, they are meant for intensely passionate people. I've seen quite a few passionate people struggling at this, quote unquote. So like, if you actually go down that trail that you like a chapter so much that you are solving uh, like a hundred books on that, then you are actually missing out on other topics and. If your goal is to get a good rank in some competitive exam, then the fact of the matter is that you have to cover the entire syllabus. There's just no way around it, whether you like it or not. But that's just the harsh reality of these uh, competitive exams. So you have to give up that temptation. And exactly there is where smart planning kicks in. Because like if you have planned things well, then you know exactly what needs to be done by the end of the day, what needs to be done by the end of the week, uh, where are you with your monthly plan, where are you with your yearly plans. So all the three, four plans of different time horizons, they are working in sync, they are working in tandem for a smart planner. Like, so when I meet a junior, like within like 30 seconds, it's possible to figure out whether he's planning well or not. Whether he, whether he's a lazy student or a passionate student or a hardworking student or a smart planning student. It's quite evident from the way people think. Awesome. Um, how did the idea of writing a book come to you and who approached you? How did this all start? Tell us through, walk us through the journey. Sure, sure. Would be happy to. Yeah. So as I said, uh, like, uh, since I had myself experimented with a few new, experimented with these few new ideas, when I had to move from that predicted, like externally predicted rank, I would say of 5,000 to rank one. So I had a special interest to see what others have done. And I realized those things were in common. So I always had uh, this desire that I want to give back. I want to share what I had learned. Uh, and I figured that the book, uh, a book is probably the best way to do it because there is already a lot of stuff in the market about like which are videos or blogs or short stuff in short formats. But book uh, is what a book is what key, like explains anything end to end and ends up becoming hopefully more useful than other formats if you are like actually doing it that well. So book had to be written. That was on my mind for a long time. But it was around 2018 and I would say that I actually concretized this idea. I was just back from New York from some training. And I remember I met my brother at the airport in India. <laughs> uh, told him that uh, while I was thinking in the flight that I want to write this book. Uh, uh, it's, it's, I think it's the right time because uh, a few years earlier, I was too immature. And uh, also, I did not have the context of my studies at IIT. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So, I studied two years for, for IIT. But what happened after that? What exactly was repeatable? Were the things, were the certain things which stood out during yeah. IIT experience? That is something which I could not have covered earlier. And secondly, uh, if I were to write this a few years later, I would forget a lot of the important details about what I did. So, that's why I, it felt like almost the right time to hit it. And I started writing then itself. Amal gave it, uh, like my brother gave it a thumbs up. And then took me around a year and a half, almost two years to get it done. And, um, you know, in the book, there are uh, there are many uh, different concepts and habits and uh, procedures written. What's your favorite section of the book? And uh, why does it uh, stand out? So, uh, my favorite, se- there are two favorite sections actually, the first chapter and the last chapter. So the first chapter, I call it the zeroth question. Uh, and I call it the zeroth question because this is one question which I think a reader should answer before moving on 
I had with the cook, and that question is why should you prepare for JE? So if you are a JE student, then uh, you should ask yourself why are you actually doing it? And I have given four or five solid reasons which one might have for giving an exam as competitive as JE. Uh, so you have to first figure out why are you into it. It should not be because of external reasons, and this is not specific to JE, right? I, have, I and I make this point very clear in the book as well. That is not specific to JE. Any large or meaningful goal that you are taking up, uh, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. There will be moments where you think that I just I'm just in the wrong area. and it happens with pretty much everyone i have not seen a single exception so far to be honest where where you have not had rough patches while preparing for such meaningful goals whether it's athletics sports uh, uh, academics uh, or any other field so you should have that reason very clear in your mind and though there are some reasons which i have given there but at the end of it i mentioned that if you do not relate to these reasons or a reason of your own then i think there's like not much use for you for reading the book like you can still read it for like uh, general purposes but not for j like because i don't think you should be writing j then got because it because it should not come from something external so that is the point which i make fairly clear and which i i think is very important as well like going back to a previous question when you said uh, it's a thing in india like there's a market for it in india to prepare for engineering entrance exam but in the long run it doesn't really pay off and there are several examples of this like people end up end up being very frustrated uh, and it's not good for a country as i think as well like you know, like most people in their early 20s or a large majority in their early 20s or mid 20s feeling dejected because they could not crack like some exam at the age of 17 makes no sense at all <laughs> so why not catch them young at that age itself uh, educate them tell them that these are the reasons why you should prepare for it and if you relate to it then you are most welcome if you don't then i i think it's the right time to figure out something else in life so it should happen at the age of 17 itself rather than regretting at the age of 25 so that is one chapter totally close to me yeah. unless and until one figures out the why the intrinsic motivation is very hard to pull through and i think uh, yeah. i always say that uh, intelligence is a discovery challenge somebody who may or may not be equipped for a particular kind of an exam would be a very good student in 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 another stream and there are innumerable examples totally so totally really totally, totally. and your other favorite section of the book you said there yeah. were two so the last chapter of the book uh, it's it i've titled it what's in the air so air is air uh, which is like a fancy term for all in a rank in india uh, so i think all in the ranks are or ranking in particular percentiles are uh, like misunderstood in india or like misunderstood in, i think pretty much everywhere but i have the indian context uh, but my point is to move away from this uh, this percentile led thinking because then uh, you are actually approaching a goal which is not in your control even if you end up let's say even if you end up let's say you're training for a 100 meter race even if you have uh, 12 bananas and 2 liters of milk a day and you're running for like 30 kilometers practice and what not you still don't know right when you go to the actual race someone might end up uh, finishing the uh, like finish line 0.01 second before you and uh, maybe he did less practice or more practice whatever but still you gave your best still couldn't get it and you end up feeling dejected because the problem was there in the initial stage itself when you when you were setting the goal so your goal in that case should have been to finish this 100 meters in let's say 12 seconds rather than saying that you want to become the first in that and i think that is a more not just like this is not something only for psychologically pleasing yourself or making yourself comfortable but also i think makes more sense like uh, efficiency wise if you have such a concrete target in mind that i have to improve from where i am like i cannot control others i cannot like see what others are doing it's just i have to basically compete against myself whatever i was yesterday i need to be better today than that it's just impossible for me to predict what others are going to do so don't think about them so that's why i i like kind of try to dislodge the whole notion about ranks and try to move towards self improvement in the end yeah micro improvements compounding Uh, so on and so forth. So now let's come to the two years of preparation have panned out. You have gotten to um, the college that you wanted to study at. What were the four years 
at uh, at the college of your dreams um like and uh, how did those four years influence you to make your foray into uh investing because your internships were also spread out you tried a bunch of things so walk us through the four years with a career lens Sure. Thank you so much. In fact, uh, Utkarsh, uh, interesting thing there is that I actually ended up doing a five-year course. So I did both B.Tech and M.Tech at IIT itself. And uh, at that point of time, it was met with like uh, dropping jaws because I think I was in the first in JE history to take up a five-year course when I had a four-year rank. Like uh, because uh, I, and in fact, I've not seen even juniors doing that. Uh, like probably there is someone new, but at least in my knowledge, I'm the only one. Uh, who got a rank which which would have gotten btech and cse but i took btech and mtech and cse i'm very happy with that decision because it was a well thought out decision that uh, you can't make the most of the college experience by spending 4 years and i think 5 years or 6 years are important because at the age of naive age of 17 or 18 when you're getting into college at least one year will go to just adjusting and that is what happened to myself uh, like making new friends going to a new city figuring things out of like living on your own or uh, like not having someone spoon feeding you things so one year to goes into that second year is when intense academics start at iit so that you have to focus on after third year you typically end up doing an internship and fourth year may again that rat race of like placements and so on so fortunately i was able to talk to few people and like visualize these things a bit in advance so throughout the five years of iit confidently i can say that i never even once thought about getting a job because i knew i had enough time on my hand and i knew that i had a lot of time to figure uh, like experiment with different things so in my first year as i said like just uh, adjusting to things second year focused almost entirely on computer science i learned a lot of like both theoretical and uh, development side of cs then i went to canada i went to university of british columbia for a four month exchange so i did one semester there and that is where i got introduced to machine learning and ai and canada is like the leading country if not one of the leading countries when it comes to ml and ai research was fortunate to get introduced to the field there by some phenomenal professors in ubc uh which which is again i think is a great decision and then i had more times at my hand right so i ended up trying an internship in a new hot startup back then so back then in 2015 uh, i'm pretty sure you're much aware that uh, those were the days uh, of like heightened activity in the early stage vc space and uh, hiran andani was uh, gardens in bombay was termed the new silicon valley in india So I interned there. I like just uh, got fascinated by the idea. I interned with in Rahul Yadav's the uh, like company, Housing. dot com. <laughs> uh, so interesting kind of an in, uh, of an internship there. After second year, went to Canada. Uh, then uh, during college itself, started doing a lot of different things. I figured that math and all is great, CS is great. But then since I did want to like always had this long term aim that I have to build something of my own. So I do need. to that social kind of skill set so I started getting more involved with uh, student politics uh, student uh, like organizations uh, fought an election one at fortunately uh, became uh, like the hostel president then became the president for alumni association in iits all of that just like with the single minded aim that uh, i am doing pretty decent at academics but this is something i severely lack i do not want to fall back on it like uh, at the end of so i always had that 10 year 20 year kind of horizon that whichever company i build i want to be the ceo plus cto of that and that right. is what i followed at iit and the five year kind of time frame gave me freedom to do that because i so i also published in paper uh, published a paper in uh, like acm sigmod which is one of like one of the reputed data management theoretical science conferences i i got a chance to work with some of the best professors i got a chance to have three internships i also worked part time for an alpha research fund based out of uh, based out of connecticut uh, built a few trading strategies there got a chance to work in a startup as i said so i was pretty much all over the place and that was the intention uh, like with my five years at iit uh and no regrets there i would say uh, fortunately goldman happened loved the team uh, during my internship so i ended up taking a full time role and fortunately because of that never had to think ki uh, which career i am going into or where i am starting off it was all into experimentation phase at that point in time 
and uh, just uh, like fortunately landed up in a good internship which got converted to a job again so never had to prepare for jobs or anything who so had to like got a chance to basically full time focus on my personal development and which is something i'm grateful to it for because it provides that kind of an open environment excellent so you carried out a whole bunch of uh, experiments to figure out what you wanted to do and we love the ceo yep. plus cto model yes. um and so you joined the stellaris venture partners i think it's also started by a couple of iit and nciad alums if i'm not mistaken yep. yeah yes yes yeah so um yeah. what do you do what is the day in your life of a vc look like you briefly alluded to the fact that you have to meet a whole bunch of entrepreneurs but uh, at heart you're a builder aren't you you said that you wish to be a ceo cto yep. so um why go to the other side of the table when you when you build or is there a large plan at play sure sure no uh, that's a, that's a very good question forces me to introspect every time uh but uh, it's a fun job uh and more than the job to be very honest i think uh like it it will take years if not decades to become a great investor this is something which i figured out so i am able to add value i would say when it comes to figuring out the right investment areas or the right opportunities uh, products and markets the three main things stage and my idea of working vc is to learn from the like all the so there are seven people in the investment team i'm the youngest i'm the only analyst they have or also the first analyst they have ever had so it's a, it's a role almost uh, created when i came so uh, pretty much learning on the fly but that is my goal as well right just observing the other six who are much senior to me much more accomplished especially uh, my three partners uh, alok ritesh rahul they have spent like 10 12 years almost each in the vc industry in india so i have been around since the very beginning of starting of vc so these are titans of the fun, uh, like of the industry which i am learning from and that i think has been uh, the goal as well as uh, the outcome so far and which is something also very pleased with that i generally observe these people how they how they make decisions and how they think about markets what i do on a daily basis i would say is more to help them uh i do uh, i i uh, like most of my time goes sourcing startups uh so we do a lot of outbound it's uh, quite heavy uh, quite heavily inclined on that my role is uh, figuring out which are the interesting opportunities so i work in a sector agnostic fashion and i figure out like every month or two months i figure out a focus area more and as well as keeping a wide lens and reaching out to those right entrepreneurs and uh, that is one part secondly if one of those entrepreneurs or one of those deals is going well then i work on the diligence as well work, work on uh, like till the deal closing uh, with one or two partners from the fund that is i would say 60 70% of the job uh, the rest 10 20% is working internally and building a thesis uh where you form an investment thesis using primary and secondary research and this is not really only for sourcing deals the second part it's more about forming a point of view so that when the market becomes mature for that let's say 6 months or a year down the line then you are ready for it so that you are able to get the deals before others and i think we see is a lot about that to be able to predict what's the next big thing before it's big like like we at stellaris in fact believe that if everyone is talking about something then it's already too late for us to invest so we try to avoid that kind of fomo that's why a lot of my job goes into that and the rest i would say only 10% right now and it's also because of the fact that i'm covering a lot of sectors at the same time so i don't get to spend a lot of time in the portfolio the build part as you would say but then that's also fine with me right because uh, then my goals are also to get a broader exposure but the 10% part is where i help with the strategy building and uh, some like product building or consumer understanding for the, the portfolio companies you know, uh, how do vcs avoid group think because uh, as you said like if if everyone's talking about it is perhaps late so how yeah and you're still uh, you know still younger in the ecosystem but what are some things that you observe in the people that you admire how are they able to be effective contrarians so i think the ability to to think from first principles i think that is like phenomenally powerful and that is as easy as it sounds it's not that easy to do because given there's so much information there is information explosion everywhere there's so many blogs experts 
TikToks, whatnot, like uh, like your competitors doing deals and everything going on at the same time. So you have to like cut through this all this noise and figure out figure out what exactly is of value. And I think to, the best way to do that is to think from first principles. Think about a market. Take a market. Let's say healthcare, tech, or whatever SaaS. Think about a market. Then think who are the competitors, the like present people there. What are the problems they are solving? What is the problem which is not being solved? And just go after it. So as basic, as simple as it gets. But yeah, this is I think an ability. Like just uh, counterintuitive because it sounds simple. But you need you need to avoid the temptation of what like if you are an effective contrarian, which I think is a part of your job. I do I won't say it's the whole job for a VC, but for being a contrarian, I have observed that you have to avoid the temptation of giving in to what others are saying about something. You have to form your own point of view. Only then can you hope for those outsized commercial or uh, returns or even your personal satisfaction. How do you consume information in this information explosion? What do you read? What do you um, avoid? Sure, sure. So I generally, uh, Utkarsh, and I think uh, quite, uh, I'm not sure if the right thing to do, but so far it's working well for me. So I generally avoid the temptation of going through every blog which is sent in my inbox. Because in my inbox, I, I see at least 20, 30 blogs every morning. So I try to avoid that unless it has been referred by someone I trust. Just to like remain clear about what I'm thinking. And uh, I spend at least one to two hours every day on news. And this is something which I was doing even when I was Goldman. So Goldman was a harsh job. I think I used to come back around 12, 1 a.m. sometimes. But still, you would still see me reading news till 3 a.m. in the morning. So that is that is the kind of addiction I have to news. I just can't get over it. So I read news, mostly startup news, every day, at least one hour, like around two hours also sometimes. And blogs and articles, features and so on, I try to limit to at most one or two a day. And books wise, uh, so if I'm looking at a space, for instance, I was doing consumer brands recently, quite interested, like quite bullish about, I would say the D2C brand uh, thing in India. So I read this uh, book called Origin of Brands. Like wonderful book. I recommend you if you've not already read it. But yeah, this is one book which I read. Like I've started reading about other things. Uh, like I was doing sort of technical kind of SaaS and started reading a bit more, a bit more uh, technical stuff there. Started also. Uh, I also keep myself the other part of my brain think, uh, always uh, kindled. Right. So I'm. I keep shifting from things. I was do, reading a bit about abstract algebra. <laughs> was the start of the year like no commercial value as such but still to keep that part of the brain alive right now i'm reading quantum computing quantum informatics and quantum key distribution which is something which like which i was doing this sunday actually <laughs> before your call so yep uh, the, uh, this is the mix of things i do and how do you relax do you relax Yep, yep. Uh, I think when you're in bangalore next we can we can definitely go out to one of the restaurants i love going out to eat uh, uh, big time street food aficionado and that translates to being a, a travel kind of it's I hate to use the word but travel junkie <laughs> because I like to travel for food in particular uh, once a year I try to travel abroad to get a new kind of a cuisine a new kind of cultural experience but in India I do at least I would say last week I, uh, last year I was, I was counting uh, I out of the 52 weekends, I was in Bangalore for only 20 weekends. So I was out on 32 weekends, I guess half for work, half for travel. So I travel a lot and I eat a lot. <laughs> yeah, travel really uh, you know, opens one's eyes. And uh, street food is uh, such a beautiful depiction of culture. Um, uh, Litti, for yes. example, the gorgeous dish from ah, yep. Bihar is uh, taking over all of India. So it's like uh, just the way you used yep. to have momo stands, you have now litti stands, at least uh, in Delhi and some other places that I see. Um, what do you see? Like, you know, do you see that uh, these kind of uh, spaces and these kinds of micro entrepreneurs on the streets, will they one day be able to knock on your doors and say, um, create a litti brand, a consumer brand? that will potentially you know take over the market interesting question utkarsh uh, very interesting question uh, but i think the biggest 
like one of the problems uh, of having this approach like uh, of building a brand of starting with one outlet or let's say having a hyper focus on one customer segment is that the dna of the brand distribution wise becomes very different uh, like it can it is possible to create a brand i think haldirams or mcdonalds they all started with one outlet each and eventually expanded and they are behemoths right now but that that again needs that kind of patience almost a lifetime to build and typically in vc funds you don't have a lifetime to give those returns back to the lps so if you're looking at the vc investable business uh, which is what something i can talk more about is hopefully if I, if you can create a large enough brand in 7 to 10 years and i think the opportunity has come right now because of a lot of things falling in uh, like falling in place at the same time so people are getting more accustomed to uh, buying things online uh, and uh, so getting that touch point with customers and getting that distribution almost entirely online is possible secondly uh, a lot of uh, like a lot of options have come for distribution so you do not have to manage the entire hassle of the whole supply chain when it comes to the offline distribution so uh, the challenge of people not giving you shelf space because you're a new brand and so on that has gone away because of the new ubiquitous uh, e-commerce channels uh, so that is number 2 number 3 being uh, a lot of lot of people are interacting with internet or interacting with the world i would say through internet in a very different way from what previous generations used to do so so that is why i think a lot of new brands which are coming up right now will cater to the millennials will cater to the people who are thinking quite differently socially culturally economically uh, from their parents so that is where i think all these opportunities lie so the traditional way of starting with one outlet uh, of being a micro entrepreneur first and then scaling can work but it will be uh, hard for it to become venture investable and uh, last question you know we're in the midst of a pandemic what's your thesis for a post covid world how do you see the venture capital industry evolving what are some areas that you're bullish on and of course like edtech and all are the more popular ones but what's your contrarian thinking if if on anything hmm good question i don't think i really have a contrarian thinking so we have spent some time thinking about it and everyone in the team also has a lot of opinions i in particular utkarsh think that things are not going to change much to be honest i think once we have a vaccine which we hopefully will have i think people have short term memory especially when it comes to things like this unless you have someone very close in the family or in your first circle who was actually affected by the pandemic which hopefully touch wood will remain a small proportion of the population i think next year uh, things consumerism wise should be back uh, and uh, i don't see a lot of changes in the private e- private equity or venture capital side happening hopefully one thing which will uh, which will be tough will be the credit crunch probably and uh, that that ends up being a root cause for a lot of problems because see and you are already seeing these uh, bounce right now so credit crunch will be a problem capital this brings up a lot of means if we call it day zero so day zero plus two years i think those will be very interesting times because the survivors they will end up outpacing the uh, people who could not come out of it that strong or people who died. so the survivors who are able to survive this crisis will end up becoming very strong there will be limited access to capital for some time but that uh, but i think that will change soon as well because that will follow the consumer and the employment cycles and uh, we should be having i would say a bull run for india for the next 10 years and that is why i am in the country right <laughs> this was also a conscious choice whether to move to the us or think about other options and i would say this was something to do with inclination to be in india but i think it's a commercial decision largely for me because i i am very bullish about india i think the irr that you can realize in india right now is probably higher than other emerging markets or developed markets for sure for the next 10 years so that is kind of kind of the thinking that remains strong covid was definitely a blip uh, a major blip at that but at least my view is that no one particular sector has become extraordinarily helpful like exciting to me or no one sector has gone to the drains for me i continue to have similar long term horizons for all of them you know anand it has been such a delight speaking with you about a wide range of topics and uh, 
we can't wait to have you for a follow up masterclass perhaps on uh, you know analyzing a vc deal or being a contrarian but uh, the way you talked about habits and mental models with such lucidity i think uh, our subscribers from around the world will benefit a ton from you know having a peer share advice on you know musings oh, oh, thank you so much yeah